hope you're following through in Luke chapter 2, I believe, is where we're at. I hope you're following through on our church program. Luke chapter 4 is where we're going to be, the temptation of Jesus Christ. There they can turn on the speaker. Although there was one other thing I wanted to cover, and I don't really care if it's on the tape or not. Uh, let's all just start today. I know we're all sugared up, and the kids are... The kids are very boisterous, and that tends to make us pretty quiet and lethargic. I think I slept in rather late today. I'm not going to tell you what time it was, but I slept in. It's just the season. I think that figgy pudding must make you all tired. But let's let's try something today. I uh, Mrs. Ensley isn't here, so I think Sunday school was a little quieter without her. I don't like that quietness. Let's... Uh, Let's all try with an amen. You know, amen means me too, or it means, yeah, I think so, or yes. So uh, let's just try that today. Uh, I'm going to say God is great, and let's holler amen. Not just say amen, but let's, let's get used. You know, I, I went to a Pentecostal church when I first accepted Christ as my Savior, and uh, I don't know if that's hooked up right now. Now it's laying on me. And I was, I was... I, I was taken back at first as an observer and an early Christian at their exuberance for God, at their sincerity in, in God's word and, and their excitement over God's word. In fact, I was told by a person who was trying to coerce me into joining the uh, Pentecostal church, thus Pentecostal movement, and they says, we're not like those Baptists. They don't, they just seem like they're just dead and all about the law and just they're just not excited about nothing. And I go, Yeah, you know, I've been to a I haven't been to a Baptist church, but the Pentecostal people, they seem pretty excited about God. Yeah, because they know the truth. You know, they used to call it the whole gospel until somebody read it to them and they found out it wasn't the whole gospel, Amen. just to, just to speak in tongues. There we go. We want some. But I think we robbed ourselves of a lot of blessings. You know, when we say amen, we're agreeing with God. We're praising God. When's the last time you praised God? Now, I'm assuming you all sang this morning, and you praise God with song. There's one raising their hand. (laughs) Raise your hand in in holiness to God. It's all over, read Psalms, all over Scripture, we're told to raise our hands. Now, we got, uh, I raise my hand occasionally, because I, I, it's either that or start crying sometimes. And I like, to, I like the Lord to work me over. I, as a police officer, I got very callous. I got even more callous towards people when I was a, a prison guard. You get pretty insensitive to people and the things about people. And, you know, I went to a church service, and for a week I bawled my head off in the back pew. And it was a release of tension. It was a release of anxiety. But it also was the only way I could show God that I was for him. And I was for what was being preached. I was was reuniting myself with God in, in his word and celebrating it 
we don't, we don't do that. If we put a little into it sometimes, we get more out. And that's where I'm going to go with the message, I think, this morning. I got three messages marked off in that portion of Scripture. Maybe this is a good introduction to all of them. But I'd like us to just try saying amen. So when Mrs. Ensley shows up, she's not just looking around. You know how she does? I want, I want a few of us to join in and say amen. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it I, I preach, I've preached in prisons. I've preached in jails. I've preached to people that didn't understand what I was saying. And that's quite often. No, and that was in, in different languages. And I've preached to prison guards, and I've preached to uh, prisoners as well. I've watched dope deals go down in the back pew, but Brother Fred's keep promises me he'll keep from doing any of that. Uh, and you... And you get to, I don't care if you say amen or not, I'm going to preach what i got to preach. So you're not doing it for me. I want you to do it for God and for each other to, to be part of it. So let's try it just, one, just a couple times here. I'm gonna, I wouldn't say just once, but I want you to say amen more than once this week. It won't hurt. You're not going to crack, you know, and you say amen maybe the next time. Because, you know, I heard a news report the other day. I wasn't listening to Brother Dill, and I, I get problems with turning on that radio, or not even the radio anymore. i got to turn on the TV to get that. And some news reporter was amen and another news reporter. I, I go, what? what? We got something that they don't have. You can say amen to God's word, and God looks down. You know, whenever you call on his name, what do you think the commandment is? You know, don't use the name of the Lord thy God in vain. When his name is spoken, angels look. He looks. And then we get to the story of crying wolf. And that's one thing you hear too much of is, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. People pray over their dog getting shot. People pray over their dog getting kicked. People pray over their dog throwing up on the carpet. <laughs> That's the only time we even call on God's name. We need to spend a little more time trying to communicate with God. Your chance to communicate with God is with a good, hearty amen. One of the ways you can. You know, we don't always, we're not that sincere. We always put our hands together in prayer. But let's try, let's try saying amen. See if it hurts. Okay, and all God's people said, Amen! Let's see it even a little louder so they know across the street we're having church. All God's people said, Amen! There, let's try one more time in case nobody's woke up. All God's people said, Amen! There, thank you. Now, if you don't agree with Brother Dale next week, say amen anyway, don't let him know it. <laughs> If you don't agree with me, the rest of the service, say amen. Anyway. Praise God. Try saying. And once in a while, I had a friend that he was a street preacher. And he was a big old fella. And when he hollered amen, you knew he hollered amen. And when he, when he really had, when the preacher really stepped on his toes, he, he would go, oh, my. <laughs> he sa I says, what's that about? He says, that's amen backwards. <laughs> All right. Let's try that a little bit. It's a nice time of year to, to pick up a new habit uh, other than drinking, uh, what do they call it, eggnog. 
man, I laid into the eggnog this week, and it just tore my stomach up terrible. <laughs> I just can't have that stuff. All right. I'm in Luke, and if you're reading with us in Luke, uh, through chapter 24, by the 24th, a, a chapter a day, I got to Luke chapter 19 this week, and I didn't know if it was ahead or back, but I sat there and read it anyway. I was a little bit ahead because it's not the 19th yet, is it? What is it? It's the 18th? Okay. Yeah, no idea is <laughs> right. Uh, and so I got three portions of Scripture that really, uh, really laid, God laid on my heart this last month in this last portion, this portion of Scripture in Luke. And one was Luke chapter 12, verse 48. And I even had somebody quote that back to me this week. Luke 12, 48 talks about how much is given, much is required. And I'm, I'm going to get back to Luke chapter 4 in just a minute. But in Luke chapter 19, I read uh, about our personal relationship with Christ and how we're to develop it. That was Luke chapter 19, and we'll look at that sometime. I've got a whole message outlined in my Bible. I just scribble in my Bible most of the time now. But personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you can read about in the last part of Luke chapter 19. That's where I was. And then I looked back, and the other portion of Scripture that really struck me was Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. And that's where we'll look at today. And it talks about a personal defense in Jesus Christ. And then I went to uh, the first portion of Scripture. Another portion of Scripture that really spoke to me was a personal commitment in Christ. And that's Luke chapter 12, verse 48. Too much is given, much is required. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Luke 12, 48 is where I'll just park for just a minute. That'll be the salvation for this morning. But Luke chapter 12, verse 48, uh, I took my glasses off. There they are. And uh, it says, the Lord, I, I told you Luke chapter 4, but I lied. Let's go to Luke chapter 12. Uh, I'll let you know when I'm lying most of the time. Luke chapter 12, verse 48. I'll start in verse 46. The Lord of the servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at the hour when he is not aware, and I will cut him in asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. Pretty strong. This is a culmination of the chapter uh, 12. Uh, starts out in verse 41, when Peter saith unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or, or even it all? Oh, that's cool. I thought it was somebody's watch going off. <laughs> And the Lord said, Who then is a faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over the household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is the servant whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath, but and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the main servant, the men servant, and the maidens, and to eat and to drink and to be drunken. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in asunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. 
in that something. He assumed he was an honor believer there. And the servant, when he knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit, commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Okay, that is my point two of this series of uh, messages. I know I halfway confused you by jumping you around. I think we'll park here for just a minute, but I wanted to bring out in this portion of Scripture, it spoke to me over the last couple of weeks, how God's going to judge everyone. And I don't want to fall into my portion with the unbelievers. And how I avoid that is accepting Christ as my personal Savior who took my portion upon himself and died for my sins. And that's the only thing I have going for me. But you know, that was a lot given to me. That was a tremendous amount laid on my plate. God took that sin he knew everyone I was going to commit. He knows even the ones that are ahead of me and behind me. I don't have to remind him. And he died. He sent his son down to die for me. He sent his very son, his only son, his pure and holy son, his wonderful son. Now, if you're a father, you know there's a difference in some of those sons. You know, you got a son, and sometimes you have a son that's very close to you. Well, he only had one. And he gave them for us. And each one of us, he loves through that son. And we received much. You know, it's Christmas. We get that big gift. We received much. And then we were, then I think, I'm very grateful because now I live in the land of plenty. And I had the privilege to to do everything I ever wanted to do when I was a young man. I mean, I didn't have much for limitations. The Lord just blessed me and helped me and watched over me. I'm living to, I talked to a gentleman the other day, Roy Clark. I don't know Roy Clark from anything, but I was introduced to a man yesterday named Roy Clark. He's 72 years old. He was grateful for being 72. I says, man, he's got a few years on me. I'm pretty grateful for what I am. A gift was given. Too much is given. Much is required. Too much is given. I've been given salvation, a prosperous life. Oh, I'm just a teenager, Lord. Don't, don't. Uh, I, I ain't got much yet. I ain't got much yet. Well, you're, I'm in America. I can, I can wear a fancy T-shirt. I'm thinking of you, brother. I can, I can uh, get a job. I can have a future ahead of me if the politicians don't mess it up too bad. I have the whole world set out in front of me. Too much is given, much is required. Who's going to get hit with the stripes? Did you see who got hit with the stripes? The one who was given much and didn't, didn't fulfill it. The slave owner had everything going for him. He had servants and everything else. He's going to answer in an eternity in hell his portion with the unbelievers, because he did not, he wasn't grateful, and he did not fulfill any requirements. 
You see those people in Hollywood get showered with money and money and money and money, and pretty soon they think they're gods. Now, the message I might touch on, if I got just a couple of minutes, is back to uh, preeminence. In reality, every one of us are struggling with preeminence in our lives. And that would be the temptation of Jesus Christ, where the devil fights with Jesus over preeminence in this world. That's what that whole portion of Scripture is about. I read you the verse. Uh, But every one of us have an ability to become what we want to be, at least in these circumstances, as sure as you're sitting in front of me. You're limited by your own shortcomings. She's never going to run the 100-mile dash, but she might do good. But the Lord will have something else for her in her life, some other things ahead of her. She might be the next, she might have the cure for polio in her back pocket or, or something else, or COVID. <laughs> you don't know. You all, much is given. Much is given. Boy, sometimes I wish he wouldn't have gave me so much. <laughs> we got so much to take care of now. I'm thinking of you, brother, with the kids. You got much is given, but much is required, right? And that's a responsibility. It's a responsibility. Where are you with the responsibilities God's given you? We got people in this congregation that have been given superior intelligence, I believe, superior gifts of any kind. Some people in this congregation are, uh, if I want to know about who lives where, all I got to do is talk to that man back there in the corner. It's a gift. He's, he's got a responsibility. I asked him the other day, where does so-and-so live? And he popped. I didn't have to think twice. He knows where you live. Uh, we've got Doc in the back. He, he's been given a gift of helping people. we got people that own businesses. we got several in here that own businesses. we got people that command ships. <laughs> I think of Brother Marvin. Respond, much is given. What are we so thankful for? Thanksgiving just shot, shot went by us. But the other, the other foot falls, and it says much is required. And as sure as God give you, oh, I don't want to say this, but as sure as God give you two feet, you need to be in church on Sunday morning. As sure as God's given you two eyes, you need to read his word. As sure as God's given you uh, ears, you need to hear God's word from time to time. The Lord's working in our, each one of our lives. He's bringing us along, and this is a time of giving, and you show people your love by giving. It's required. My, 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 uh, my daughter-in-law, she kind of mopes around sometimes this time of year, and she, uh, you know, she's just a, uh, family broodmare. She just really wasn't an Anania, you know. She just got married in. <laughs> and she throws that at me every once in a while, just kind of subtle. And I love her to death. Uh, my goal this year is to try to make her feel like she is really part of the family. You know, it's, it's easy to do. It's easy to do. Much is given. Much is required. You know, people don't, uh, you don't feel Unless you you're show and you people done wonderful thing with the 50th anniversary and I thank you for it, 
Some of you could be here, some of you couldn't. But I was surprised to death. <laughs> I almost knew what a heart attack was like. Uh, with When I walked in here and I says, what are they doing in here? They're, they're, there's glitter hanging from the... Somebody's having some kind of party. And I need to know about it because tomorrow's church and we got to be... And come in here and here's... 50th, and they go, well, who's 50 years old today? No, it was an anniversary. Then I figured that out. Much is given, much is required. Much is given, much is required. So I feel required to share some things with you on my heart through the holiday season. God has given me much. He's given each one of you so much. It's, this is, we're on the frontier. We're on the cutting edge. We're saved from a lot of this garbage going on in the States. Much is given, much is required. What does he want you to do? We got a missions program I brag on. We get the radio fired up I'm bragging on. We're, uh, I tell, brag to God about it. And I, we're going to build a church. We're going to brag to God about that. What's required? What's required on your part? What's required? I don't know what God wants you to do this holiday season. I got an idea. He wants you to be here the 25th. Or in a church, the 25th. Some of you are going to travel and see family. That's great, too. Don't forget, it's his birthday, not yours. It's his birthday, not yours. It's not how much you're given, because you're already required much more than you can give. What's that make sense? That's what the Lord told me to say. What can I give God that he'd have preeminence in my life? Where am I going to be Christmas Day? Where am I going to be on the day we celebrate his birthday? Where am I going to be next Sunday, the first Sunday of the year? Where am I going to be the next Wednesday, the next Wednesday of the year? Much is given, much is required. To have joy, you've got to share it. Come and share joy here at Christmas. Come and share the joy here on a Wednesday night. We're going to try to have a little Wednesday night. Oh, this isn't just a message on getting you to come to church. It's getting you to think serious about God through this holiday season. Because to whom much is given, much is required. Now, if you were sitting in Africa, some of the friends, and I got a letter from a guy just the other day, not a physical letter, one of them electronic ones. By the way, my computer and my phone are both down. I'm going to go to... Ketchikan, or yeah, Ketchikan Monday or Tuesday, and uh, Clary Computers is already trying to resurrect. She's doing CPR on my computer, and uh, and she and my phone is in just as bad a shape. So I won't be able to call you this week. But I'm praying for you all, praying for each and every one of you, because I know God loves you, and I know God's requiring things from you. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you talk to him this week? Now, like I started to say, a friend of mine in Africa, his people, they don't know Christmas from any other day. They really don't. They, they don't have, most of them just got thatched roofs over their heads. And uh, they got, you know, I came back from there one time and I told my wife, I'm going to give you an African kitchen. You see that little spot out there in the, out there by the driveway, that's going to be our next. I'm going to remodel your kitchen and do it Afro style. 
you know, the big thing in that down in Texas there was make everything look African. This is, we're getting into the black culture. And so I says, I'm going to take and smooth out a place there in the driveway and put a roll of rocks in a circle so the snakes can't crawl in, and then I'll put a fire pit in the middle of it. There's your new kitchen. That's your much is given, much is required. Compare yourself to those people. Compare yourself to those people. Much is given, much is required. I complained about the fellow that didn't have, I complained about not having new boots for Christmas until I seen the fellow who had no feet. And this is so cool. This is, they asked me to come and do the, uh, do the uh, Christmas concert for the Catholics that the Catholics put on over at the uh, high school, which we'll put on one day, and the priest will be our guest, <laughs> uh, for Powers. And when I was in Powers last, this is just so much, I'm in Powers, and there's this poor little lady I didn't notice her at first, because when I look at you, I, even Roy Clark asked me, I had met real Roy Clark, and Roy Clark asked me, how I, so I, I'm kind of sporadic and jumping around, forgive me, but he asked me whether Roy Clark was bigger or not. Well, Roy Clark is not a big person, but I let him think that I didn't get a very good look at Roy Clark, Roy Clark the real Roy Clark. I'm just saying this because... I don't look at people by their size or their shape anymore. Lord took that a lot away from me. I might look at you and find out if you're concealed carry or not. I notice some of you do, and that's great. Where I'm at with, this, with the thing is, is I was in Powers, and there was this lady arguing about these brand-new cowboy boots in there. And I go, I don't know anybody that's got in my family, or I would have bought them, that needed these cowboy boots. But I'm sure glad somebody was asking about them. You go, where are you going with this preacher? Bear with me. And I look over, and uh, I look over, and she's arguing with this lady about this pair of cowboy boots because she only wants one. Yeah. And I'm going... Well, now I kind of make my round back around all the clothes and all that stuff, and I make my round back over there, and I see she's sitting down in a wheelchair, and she's only got one leg. She wanted one cowboy boot, and they were debating whether they should sell her or give her the one or sell her the one or keep them as a pair. And I was ready to go buy them, but they finally come to and says, we'll give you the boot. And they ended up throwing the other one away when she left. I got two feet. They're going to be here on Christmas Day. They're going to be here on Wednesday after Christmas, Lord willing. They're going to be here New Year's. They're going to be here on Wednesday night. They're going to be here on Sunday mornings. They're going to be here for Sunday school. I don't even teach it. I don't think I could have done as good a lesson as Brother Dill did with my lesson. I, I thought it was really good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be here. And I want to be here for you people, too. If you have any needs, that's why I said the computer and the phone are down, but I'm going to get them fixed very shortly, Monday or Tuesday, whatever 
whichever springs first, tomorrow or the next. Much is given, much is required. So as sure as I'm standing here in front of you, I'm, I just want to remind you, my, my commitment towards you and your commitment towards God. That's what it's about. What has God cured you of? What has God given you victory over this year? What has God given you strength in this year? You say thank you to him, he's bound to give you even more. If you just hold up and hide it and bury it in the dirt, like the other parable about the servant that buries his stuff in the dirt, you think you're going to get more? You haven't met the requirements for the first part. Let's all stand. The three portions of Scripture, before he shuts me off, are Luke chapter 12, verse 48. That's kind of where we got stuck, personal commitment. And then Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 15, a personal defense. We'll go over that shortly. And then a personal relationship, Luke 19, 35. So I, uh, they call this a shotgun kind of a message. At the same time, it's very personal. I, uh, I want to thank you people for your time through the holiday season. And believe me, I know it's, it's a stressful time and, and you're stretched in 23 different directions. But don't forget whose birthday it is.